almost didn't do notes for this one. That's how much I love this song. Wow. And what's What's interesting to find out, uh, again, that's Spartacus in the background there. <laughs> Jay Hansen, <laughs> OG, love that song. Uh, this is one um, that I love, but I know that there are people that don't like this song, that they loathe this song. I found out some people hate this song, think it's the biggest mistake the Beatles ever made. So this one might go long because I think this is a good one. And oh, I, think I do the too. the story behind it is well worth telling. Uh, and we'll just start with... <laughs> Let's talk about what happened to the Beatles after they broke, broke up, Jay. We spend all this time talking about you know, how they got famous. We did the big Beatlemania timeline. Let's talk a little bit about how they got back together. Um, oh, Because yeah. I think it kind of is interesting point A to point B. So stop me at any time, interject. I'm going to try to riff here. I have notes, but I can't read them as I've mentioned in the previous episode. So I'll hold them way back here and we'll see what happens. So in, in 1970, due to business uh, dealings, it really didn't have anything to do with Yoko. She just got the blame for it. Um, the business between the Beatles kind of fell apart. They, mm-hmm. they got really entwined after Brian Epstein died and all these business dealings brought in Alan Klein. Paul wanted to bring in uh, Linda's dad, uh, the Eastman family to represent him. It got really ugly between them. They decide to break up. They record Abbey Road. They break up, let it be as released. They go on to have super successful solo careers, some more than others, but they're first out of the gate. Like they all come out super strong. Yeah. Paul has McCartney, McCartney, which is a, a great album. Lennon's Plastic Ono Band is probably the best solo Beatles album. I'll go out there and say it. It's the best stuff I think John Lennon ever did, and that includes his Beatles stuff. I think it's an incredible, incredible record. Wow. Uh, George, George Does All Things Must Pass, which... Amazing. I mean, it's a double record full of hits that could have been Beatles songs, but he was with John and Paul, so they didn't make it. Ringo's album was initially, like, commercially the most successful one. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Which is awesome, because he had the Beatles write songs for him. He wrote songs and photograph... Uh, it Don't Come Easy, I'm the Greatest, all those songs are on that record. And then things kind of go on. You know, John records Imagine. It, it is successful, but it, I don't, I mean, that song is hugely popular, but I don't think it's as good as his other work that he did with Plastic Ono Band. John uh, Paul forms Wings, of course, uh, does really incredible, remarkable work with Wings in the 70s. George tours in the 70s, loses his voice on tour, doesn't ever really tour again after that. Gets so bummed out because <laughs> he does. He sounds like crap. You can see that in that George documentary. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really sound that great. It's okay, you know. Uh, John retires from music uh, after having a lost weekend where he hangs out with Harry Nielsen and kind of makes an ass out of himself. He breaks up with Yoko, goes out with May Pang, stretches his legs a little bit, does some cool rock and roll stuff, gets back in touch with his rock roots. And that kind of lays the groundwork for how John is viewed. Like his solo career is viewed as he was the rockinest one. You know, like he he was the most tied to his rock and roll roots. Paul went on to become this, to some people, a flowery songwriter who needed the John in his life to, yeah. to add yep. to. Uh, but in this time when he retires, he, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of becomes a dad, which is really cool. He becomes a dad to Sean. And I think that's like one of the most admirable things John Lennon ever did. I mean, he was from all accounts, like the most selfish person you could ever meet. I mean, he, you know, he was John Lennon and he knew he was John Lennon and Yoko kind of you know, corrects his life. He goes through therapy. That's what that Plastic Ono band is about. And he gets domesticated a little bit. It's awesome. He has a son, Sean, and he just enjoys his life raising him. And in around 1977, he's in, he's in the Dakota, and he wants to write a musical about his life. And so he starts demoing these songs. I don't know if you found that. I kind of discovered that in the deep dive. That's wow. initially where this Free as a Bird song was written. It was on a demo tape. I've read three, but I think it's kind of come out that there were four songs on this demo tape mm. that, that uh, Yoko ends up giving to Paul, but we'll get to that. Kind of cool in this time, John and Paul do hang out in L.A. They get together. They go into a studio. There's it, You can find it on YouTube, and they're just talking about the old times, playing songs together, probably doing cocaine together, uh, drinking together. Uh, and also in New York, Paul rekindles his relationship with John a little bit, and evidently, SNL, when they made that offer, 
for the Beatles, you know, we'll give you each $1 million to come do this. Con- that's famous SNL thing. They actually were together in New York and considered going there to perform. They were going to do it. They decide against it. So that's kind of where their relationship ends because in 1980, John Lennon gets shot and killed in front of his apartment by a deranged fan. Um, Tragedy. I mean, it rocks Paul McCartney. It rocks George Harrison. It rocks Ringo. Um, But in a weird way, it brings them back together Mm. for the first time. Uh, Paul... Writes an album, the tug of war, and he writes a song about John. That's really the first time that Paul reconnects with his Beatle since he was with the Beatles. I mean, he played a couple songs live with me, and this is long, but I think it's important we get there. George totally. and Ringo, Ringo gets married to Barbara Bach, who's an actress, and Ringo goes on to kind of be Ringo. That's kind of his job. I mean, he's not necessarily making great music in the 80s and 90s, but he's Ringo. Right. And everybody freaking loves Ringo. Paul has his last number one hit in the 80s with uh, Give My Regards to Broad Street, the uh, I Can Wait Another Day, No More Lonely Nights, his last number one hit. George, however, has a very interesting solo career after he loses his voice, keeps releasing records, gets sued. A uh, couple of times he gets sued. Uh, My Sweet Lord is actually He's So Fine by mm-hmm. the Chiffons. He gets sued for that. But he joins the Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. Which is really important to our story. Uh, George, he's my age when he joins the Traveling Wilburys, by the way. He's only in his 40s at that point, like late 40s. We forget that George is the youngest Beatle. So he's hanging out with Roy Orbison, Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, Jim Keltner. And they record... An awesome album. Totally. Traveling Wilburys album. It's unbelievable. And Jeff Lynne kind of becomes really close friends with George. Uh, Paul sees this, but George has a number one hit on his Cloud Nine record with I Got My Mindset On You. Uh, Last love that one. song. Last number one hit by a Beatle. Great song. So George has success, but George is also very, I don't exactly, can you help me with a word here? He's, he, he's not happy about being a Beatle. He he's oh, not. He, yeah, doesn't he's, ever talk about it in a in a. The Beatles are suing each other in the eighties, but there's something else going on in the background. Jay, nineteen eighty four, John Barrett, who works for Apple and at Abbey Road Studios, realizes that there's hundreds of hours of unreleased material from the Beatles, and he discovers that there are three unreleased songs that they they could release right now and people would go crazy. And in the mid-80s, they couldn't agree to do it. I mean, wow. like they could have released... And people like you and I at that point, Jay, I was a little kid, but I mean, the Beatles were everything to me. Like I had all of all of the records, all the magazines, and you'd hear this stuff like, they're going to get together. Oh, they're not going to get together. And it's always, <laughs> they're never going to get together. Right, right. right. But there's books coming out. There's like the complete Beatles documentary. I don't know if you remember that. It's like a British documentary about. Oh yeah, watched, yeah. My brothers and I watched that 30 million times, and it's really cool because it concentrates on them before they become the Beatles. There's a lot of like Alan Williams, who was their first manager. You know, people that that manage clubs in in Hamburg. It's a great piece of of documented footage, but it's okay. It's a couple hours. Yeah, you know? right. It's real right. splicey, real black and white. McCartney uh, does an album in the late 80s and goes out on tour for the first, the Flowers and the Dirt tour. I don't know if you remember what happened with that record and on that tour. He, he hooks up with Elvis Costello, who tells him, hey, why are you not writing songs like you did in the Beatles? I mean, it's great. Elvis Costello is like the first John that Paul really has since John. Totally, He's like, and totally. NPS, why are you not playing the Hoffner? Why is it sitting in the corner? <laughs> and Paul's like, oh, you know, because Paul's kind of this goofy. It's weird to understand what Paul is thought of at this point in time because it's changed. It's He's viewed it, differently than he is now, right? Totally. Time's been good to Paul since then because, man, he was, yeah, yeah. He was on pita boats chasing down. And, you know, I remember people going, oh, Paul's a vegan, and he's like the first vegan, and I'm peace and love, and I'm in animal rights. That wasn't popular in the late 80s and early 90s. And frankly, mo- probably most of his fan base, American fan base, is like, Paul's kind of a dork now. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? Not yeah. me. I didn't, I didn't think that. I, he, he could walk into the room and eat a bagel with his mouth open, and I'd be like, oh, don't, don't. <laughs> But he, you know... Well, you know, John was the cool one, right? Being but, being yeah, killed is always good for your uh, 
you know, your, reputa- your reputation. So John, Correct. you know, I mean. John stayed 40. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Paul had to move on. And yeah, did he have home runs? No, not always. But it's interesting to think of how he was thought of. So right. he does the Flowers and the Dirt album. It's a huge success because he starts talking about the Beatles again. And there's especially that point in uh, My Brave Face where they do the, my, uh, I've been living in style on a custom as I am. And Elvis Costello was like, as I am. And I remember, I have chills right now because my dad was like, holy shit, Billy, that sounds like the Beatles. And you were like, oh my God, this is the greatest song ever because it's Beatley, right? I, I freaking loved that album. And it, I mean, I, I'm a huge Costello fan. So at that point I was, a, you know, I loved the Beatles in high school. I mean, John Lennon's death kind of like, I mean, because you couldn't have, you couldn't avoid the Beatles for a while if you wanted to, and I didn't want to. But so, right. so like, but in college, I became a huge Costello fan. So when when he's collaborating with McCartney, it's like this is freaking. Aw- I mean, this is as good yeah. as. I mean, this is the next best thing to John and Paul being back together. Totally, which they, is they never do a song happen. on there, correct? And they do they do another song on there, which is that they like duet with each other, where Paul has the like, ah, I'm the happy one, and Elvis is like, no, I'm not, <laughs> and it's like, oh man, and you see the Hoffner in the video, Jay, and yeah. I remember seeing that Hoffner in the video. I lost my cool. I mean, I'm like, let's see, 1990. I'm like. 14, 15. I mean, and I'm a Beatle free. All, everybody else is listening to modern stuff. And I'm like, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, oh, George and Ringo, right? Yeah, yeah. So what we didn't know as fans was that the Beatles are marketing geniuses, right? I mean, that's what I'm kind of realizing now. Like, they could just snap their fingers and billions of dollars would happen. So when John Barrett discovers there are three unreleased Beatles tracks, Neil Aspinall, who manages Apple, is like... <laughs> Uh, we are going to be making some coin, guys. He goes, I had a documentary. <laughs> Paul had this idea for a documentary that was going to be called The Long and Winding Road. Also the original title for Yesterday and Today, but we changed it. It was going to be called The Long and Winding Road, and it was just hours of Beatles stuff. And Neil goes to the, the Beatles, and they're like, he's like, guys, we have to release this. This will be huge. And so George kind of has this idea. He's like, I know that there's John Lennon unreleased stuff. We should talk to Yoko. But at this time, Paul and Yoko in the late 80s, mm-hmm. they're not talking. Right. I mean, it's ugly. <clears throat> they're suing each other. And you were on the Paul side, you were on the John side, and I was on the middle, and I hated it, right? So Yoko just got the hate. That's just how it went amongst Beatle fans. But then John gets inducted into the Rock Hall of Fame in the early 90s, Jay, and this is when the door opens. Because Paul decides he will induct, he will induct John. Mm-hmm. This is huge. I mean, this is like the Beatle. Paul didn't go when the Beatles were inducted, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, and it was like, oh come on, really? So this is huge. And also, not only did he do it, but everybody's talking about how awesome John was and how he was the guy. He was the rebel. He was the brains behind the Beatles. He was the best songwriter. And Paul takes it. This is what, you know, some of the stuff I'm reading, it's like, yeah, that had to suck because also he's kind of cheesy. And people think that he's kind of cheesy. Right. And he's like, but he's not, right? He's like, kind of like, screw that. And at this time, he had talked to Yoko and she gives them this tape has four tracks on it. Uh, one is which is Free as a Bird, and he sits and he listens to it. He goes to the Dakota and he listens to it with Yoko and Sean because he felt that it was important that Sean be involved in it because it was his dad. I thought that was really cool. That I, was I didn't cool. know that. Um, and they listen to it, and Sean's answer, which I think is great, is like, well, I think it's kind of weird that you're singing with a dead guy, but <laughs> go for it. <laughs> that it that's very John. It's very John of him to say it. So the Beatles get together and they, because initially they were going to make like incidental music for this get back right, together thing. Right. And, take the and easy they, way out, as Ringo said. Take the easy way out, just kind of like record some easy, and it's not working. Like they don't know, because I, quietly, and what I've discovered, and, and it, I don't like it, is that George really didn't want to be a part of this. I've kind of discovered that initially. Okay. I mean, though he talked about getting the tape, I, you can see his attitude in the anthology. You especially see it when they get together to do like Blue Moon of Kentucky and Raunchy. It's it's tense, man. Mm-hmm. And George, there's a thought that maybe he needed a little money, and that's why he did it. And I, I, I I'd heard that too. I, yeah, I, I, that's kind of a bummer to me. But anyway, here nor there, 
Paul comes up with this concept, classic Paul idea. He's like, listen, I've talked to Yoko and I made sure she didn't put any parameters on it, which I thought that was interesting. He's like, it's already going to be really hard for us to do this. Mm-hmm. So please let us just work on it because it might not work. And Sean says, yeah, but what if we love it? And so Paul says, cool, I've got this idea. We'll make it like John sent us an idea. Like, hey, I'm going on holiday. Here's this demo I did, finish it. And once he did that, it like unlocked it for them. Yeah, that, that was crucial, I guess, because they were, they were kind of struggling with just what to do with the, as the three yeah. of them, you know? And, and there's, a, there's an early demo of it that I heard, uh, and it wasn't great. Like what they did with it wasn't great initially, and they were trying to be beatly with it. Right. Um, so they bring in Jeff Lynn, right? George, I, this is the thing that I, I, I'm reading between the lines here, so I don't want to make something out of turn, but... George Martin should have produced this, and I, I don't disagree with that. However, they say that George Martin claimed that his hearing was bad, and we have heard that. Mm-hmm. However, he went on to produce the entire anthology, and everything that came with it, he produced that, and went on to do Love as well. So I'm thinking that behind the scenes, George kind of said, if Jeff Lynne doesn't produce it, I'm not doing it. I think that's kind of what happened. Here nor there, I think that's kind of a gift in, in some ways, because Jeff has to do some wicked stuff here. And I have no right. idea what it is. So talk to me a little bit about, they get this tape, they hand it to Jeff Lynn, and what does Jeff do with it? <laughs> We're into the recording now. I moved through opening story, opening thoughts. <laughs> we'll come back to the opening thoughts. But uh, talk to me about what Jeff Lynn did to make this happen. I mean, so you have, you have basically, I mean, and I grew up with these, these little like cassette tape, Recorders. I mean, they're the size of, uh, I don't know, what are they the size of? I don't know. They're like nine feet or nine inches by five inches. Anybody my age or older is very familiar with these things. Um, Lennon's particular model was a Bigston, a Bigston. So I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so here you have this, you know, there's no microphone like, attached to to it that you plug in like a real microphone it's just a microphone built into that you know it's like right. it's like talking into your iPhone except a lot crappier and on tape and on tape on a cassette right. tape so he has this John Lennon sitting at the piano singing um there's no click track he's just right. he's just got an idea for free as a yeah. bird you and know? also, in, interesting to point out, he, he, you're right. He's just he's just freestyling the song, and he's also known for having horrific time. <laughs> right, <a> drummer. Right. <laughs> and, he's, yes. and, and he's probably stoned writing a song, so he's just like, uh, you know, yeah, free as a bird. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. So they. So so. Um, and I read a couple of different things, but I think initially they put it onto digital tape, digital tape. It was digital yeah. tape at that point because you weren't recording yeah. to computers. You were doing um, essentially a, a DAT tape. But but Jeff Lynn had a 48-track digital studio, I believe. Yep. So, so they put it on there and basically, I mean, Jeff Lynn is quoted as saying it's one of the hardest things I've ever done it is making sense of this to the point where they could move forward. Now, right. what they did as far as like, were they able to separate the voice from the piano and how they did that? I mean, that technology exists now, but I don't know that that technology existed then so that they had anything that they could do besides like a Dolby, you know, get rid of the noise. Yeah. But being able to separate the voice from the piano at that point, I, d- I don't know how they did that. Yeah. I, let's talk about Jeff Lynne for a second. I mean, in hearing it, that, that's one of the, the big criticisms of this song, is that Jeff Lynne, it sounds, like it sounds like Jeff Lynne did it. And to me, I remember when it happened, and I think that's important too, because this is a Beatle moment that we were there for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I lived yeah. through this every second of it. And when we talk about the, I mean, I still have the magazines from when it came out. Just mm-hmm. it, it was awesome. It was the greatest thing. It was like you were living through a Beatle moment. And you heard that when they started announcing that the anthology was coming out and there was going to be a song with it, that Jeff Lynne was associated. You were just like, wait a minute. 
Did you watch it? Did you watch the anthology? Like it was the day after Thanksgiving, wasn't it? When it was on, Jay, I mean... And then it was Saturday, so it was like they did a two-hour yeah, special. T- let's take a let's take a pause because I because we don't it. get like, this a- moment, Billy. Like people talk no. about Ed Sullivan, this is like our Ed right. Sullivan moment, you know. Jane, let me. We'll do a where were you, right? <laughs> so I remember right where I was. We we moved to Florida, mm-hmm. and it was after I was in college for like a year, and my dad had graduate uh, graduated. He retired from the military, moved to Florida, and I, I I told Rachel who became my wife, and but anyway, it was we were dating, and I said we should go. Uh, to Florida, live down there. And we, so we were living in, in poverty in Florida. We had like this apartment that had ants crawling up the wall, but this anthology came on and my dad was still alive, right? And so we, uh, it was like, oh my God, dad, it's coming on, it's coming on. That's seven, seven o'clock, ABC, yeah, the yeah, Beatles. Yeah. I mean, I can remember everything. We had the magazines, the TV guide cover, you were reading through it. And so we would watch it in every commercial, I'd call my dad. And we'd be like, did you, did, did you just see that? <laughs> and then at the end of the first episode, Jay, they played, I mean, no, I can't, I mean, I can imagine what Ed Sullivan was like, but for a Beatle fan, like I remember watching the video and I was like, wait, what, what, oh my God, that, and then I started seeing that it was the songs and I was taping it right on VHS. And I remember for the totally. next month, I called my dad and I'd be like, okay, what'd you find? And he's like, okay, Bill, if you look at it, this part here, you can see there's a, there's a newspaper taxi that pulls up. I'd be like, oh, I didn't even see that. I was like, but if you look, there's a, there's a ladder and she's crawling in and she came in through the bathroom window. <laughs> and it was like that, oh my God, Jay, it was magical. Yeah. It was our Beatle moment, right? Totally. You? Well, that, I mean, that video, like <laughs> the references, it's like, Two pages long. It's yeah. brilliant how they. I, I think it's. I think I read. There's over a hundred references to different Beatles yeah. songs Vin, in uh, that four and a half minute like, video. Like as minute as, and I, there were some I didn't know as we were looking. Like there, when when the birds flying around, which is a reference to Across the Universe, the intro to Across the Universe. It flies by a bunch of clocks, and all the clocks are at different times. That's any time at all. Oh, okay. All right. You know what right. I mean? It's like yeah, that. It's like to that for those kind of Beatle freaks, which we are and were. That was. I mean, it was like Christmas because it was Christmas. Totally. Totally. Am I remembering right? Was it the day after? Or was it Thanksgiving evening when they aired it, and then they did the Saturday, or was that's, it I Christmas? Mean, that's what it feels like. I, I, I feel like it was Christmas I, yeah. because because I think the the single was "Free as a Bird." With the back was "Christmas Time Is Here Again." That was one of the unreleased songs they had, which was like, well, not unreleased. It was to Beatles fanatics, I, right. I think. I don't Just remember. a magical time, yeah. Interesting. I was also in an apartment with ants at that point. Oh. Yeah. Little did we know, our collision yeah. course was- I was in Omaha, yeah. but I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, just, yeah, it was so cool. It was so cool. It was like the Beatle moment that my dad and I could live through together. yeah. Yeah, you know, because every so cool. moment before was him like recounting stories, or and this was like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, anyway, we'll get back to that at the end. I'm already <laughs> choked. So Jeff Lynn, I, I mean, as a Beatle fan, it felt like he was one of us getting to work on it. You know, well, what I mean? he's it's the like son of the Beatles, right? His whole <laughs> band is based on the Beatles. <laughs> the guy does the Beatles just like the Beatles, and he was in a band with a Beatle who handpicked him to be in it. Right. Jeff Emmerich engineered Jeff Emmerich it. engineering and all the Beatles produced, which I thought was kind of cool. That's the only. That's the only all, and they and they all got a songwriting credit. And they all got a songwriting credit, which I think is which awesome. happens very rarely, only in flying in the official canon, as I'll call that's it. That's right. So they have the song. Jeff Lynne stretches it out, cleans it up as best he can. And, uh, you know, where are they going to go in the studio? Paul says, why don't you just come to my house? Which is cool. It kind of gives it that down-home feel mm-hmm. in Sussex. And they go into a studio in uh, February and March of 1994, and they work on this song. So we have John on lead vocals, obviously. Shaky lead vocals, not because of his singing. He's learning a song as he's playing it. Right, uh, right. That's not easy to do. Sound in his head, he's trying to hear it. He also plays piano on this song, which I think is cool. Yeah. You know, you don't, I'll, I'll think about that, but John, ah, it's just perfect 70s John, you know? Uh, I'm going to come back to Paul. George is playing Rocky. 
George uh, breaks. Uh, oh, oh, oh! We've he might have had found a, something in the deep. Dive. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see on the YouTube stuff. Uh, he had a guy, David Hamburger, uh, mm-hmm. built him some hamburger guitars, and there's a lot of video of him playing. It's a green telly looking thing. Um, so there is some there is some thought that that's probably what he played on, on this rather than Rocky. Very good. I, I could see why he would say he it, in everything it appears that George brought out the old stuff. That's just how it appears. Yeah, like his it, the 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 basement that started out as Paul's bass amp is what he's what he's playing through. And it might be that 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 George played the slide on Rocky. And then did like Played that else. cool arpeggiated piece on on the telly. So good. I'm not. I'm not. You know who knows. Yeah. Ringo breaks out an old Ludwig Beetle kit. Yeah. Brings it into the studio, which is awesome. Paul says no Hoffner. Just there. He plays his wall five string that he played on the Flowers on the Dirt Tour. You can see him playing it. Uh, this one, I think they opened with, and he plays it. That's right. That's weird. Paul McCartney dork. <laughs> I don't know why he wouldn't do that. He also didn't play. He it's had his Martin that he that he played on Blackbird and all that. He chose to play a jumbo Gibson acoustic that had nothing to do with the Beatles. Uh, his piano <laughs> from his studio and also a synth, I believe he played. He had an Oberheim also, synth, an analog also, one, uh, an amp, which is dope. That's because yeah, there's a lot of people, you know, that use the analog now, like Lenny Kratics. Same time, he says <laughs> Lenny Kratics. I get to break out all these old stories, Jay, that you've heard me tell a million times. Also uncredited is Jeff Lynn. There is no way that Jeff Lynn is not playing on this song. Oh, I'll he, say it right now. Yeah, they, there's, I read there's somewhere no that he, yeah, he played, he played something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have Jeff Lynn there. You're you're using Jeff Lynn. Yeah. Okay. So that's how it recorded. Sounds sounds good. <laughs> I think it's a it's solid recording of them doing it. They they released the song. And magic happens, Jay. Okay? It was a number two hit in the UK, a number six in the US. Yeah. The Beatles become the first group ever to have a top 10 hit in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's insane what they've done with, with this. But it also came out with the anthology. And you have to understand that, yes, there was cable, but ABC, you still watch network TV. And so mm. ABC, which aired it, it's all that was on. Boom, ABC. Uh, I also have here, Jay, I have the Newsweek that came out. This is my Newsweek that I bought. You can see race and politics, the OJ effect is also on there. (laughs) This is from October 23rd, 1995. Meet the Beatles again. Again. Nice. That's so cool. There's a whole huge article in here about how they're coming back, how they're still the most popular book. I also have the Life magazine. Oh, look at that. This is the original Life magazine, an exclusive with Linda McCartney photos. She's still alive at this point. Uh, Paul, George, and Ringo together again, the Threedles. That's what they became known as. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. The Threedles, if you will. Uh, Rolling Stone, uh, not ranked in their top 100 favorite Beatles songs. Uh, Vulture Magazine, which I kind of like some of the uh, lists they do, (laughs) number 206 out of 213, called it one of the worst Beatles songs and just really a money grab. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. Uh, For the big question today, Jay, how does George Martin change this song? What does it sound like if George Martin does it? Oh, (laughs) My first thought is, and I and I only say this because I've been listening to Glass Onion a lot. Is he like puts a string thing in it? Gotta be right. Yeah, I mean that's There's what gotta be that's some... what George Martin does, you know. So yeah. and that's not a slam. That's I mean he does it, did it very well. Um, right. So that's my first thought. Um, they probably don't do it at Paul's house. Got to go to Abbey Road, probably right? or or Air or Air, yeah. Um, wow, it sounds a little bit warmer. Yeah, it probably has some. They probably a little bit of a. Yeah, if I'm being critical of it, it does sound more synthetic than other Beatles songs. You know, there's just a right. They probably recreate the ADT. That I mean, John's voice is so. You know, it sounds like it's so affected just because of the source that it came from. 
Right. But yeah, there's probably, you know, Ringo's drums are probably a little more Ringo-y. I mean, what he's playing is very Ringo. I mean, that doom, doom. I mean, it's... But yeah, yeah, it's like, it's not... It's not quite there sonically. And I don't think that has anything to do with Jeff Lynn's inabilities. It's just a different style. It's like going, you know... Yeah, he's not so they're George doing Martin. something. This this wasn't their, you know, this wasn't the first time this was done. I think right around this time, if you remember, do you remember there was other another huge hit where they kind of took a disembodied voice and added to it? Mm, no. Oh, see, and, and this popped. Do you remember Unforgettable, where Natalie Cole oh, sure. sang yeah, it with okay. her dad? I mean, yeah. and that was like a huge hit. So it wasn't abnormal. This was kind of like pre hologram, if you will. This is how. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? This is how you brought it back together. So I guess my question for you is, does this feel like a Beatle reunion to you? Do you think of this as a Beatles song? Or is it a Threedles song to you? Um, it doesn't. That's, a, that's an interesting question. Because yeah. um, as much as I like it, I, I don't include it with the top 100 Beatles songs because it's not really a Beatles song. But, but isn't it, though? I don't know. Well, like I read today, and I thought this was interesting that this may be the most collaborative Beatles song, right? Which I thought was interesting, right. you know, because really they all like Ringo singing backups on it. I mean, he didn't do that very often back in right. the day. Um, I, yeah, it is definitely an outlier for me. Yeah, you know, it's on the edge, and I, I wonder if it's that way to younger people, you know. I don't know. Yeah. The song does get requested a lot in our show. It started to. Oh, um, I love it. I mean, it's badass. Did it's you listen to that song. that sound check thing? Of course I did. That little sound check song. <laughs> oh, it's not perfect, but it's it's like as good as what the Beatles, the Threedles did. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't yeah. live at that point. We hit, we definitely hadn't played it very often, but um, I, yeah. It's interesting to point out about this song that as much hate as it got, it won a Grammy. Best vocal performance, and also the video won massive awards. The video is one of the most inventive things the Beatles ever, ever did. I I watched uh, that link you sent me today, and I, I had chills watching it. I hadn't watched cool, it right? in a long time, and I was just like, yeah. "This is amazing," you know. And that yeah, was let's talk, what. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that was 1995 that came out. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this is did, 20, I, 25 years old that we're talking about at this point. Oh wow! Right? I can't believe it. <laughs> It um, so they 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 knew that Liverpool you know they wanted to make like a Beatles theme thing and they and the guy had like a steady cam and he and he just decided like they had these jibs they had all this stuff and they went through Liverpool and shot it and then this guy green screened it and put all the Beatles stuff in there for us it was like the best present a Beatle fan could ever get so love hate the song I don't really care this song it was a gift from them yeah. And it's also important to note that I think, in, and before we get into the deep dive, that Yoko is blamed for breaking up the Beatles. That, that became, whether like it, agree with it, truth, not truth, it became the truth to people. Oh, why sure. did the Beatles break up? Well, Yoko, obviously. Okay, well, that obviously wasn't true, but she's also the person that brought them back together. She didn't yeah. have to give them that tape. She no. honestly didn't. She didn't no. owe them anything. Um. And I just think it's awesome that they could all put their differences aside, put their egos aside, and come together. And I think that's why I think Jeff Lynn was the right person. Who could he? He even talks about being a fan in the room. You know, he he was in there and could could see what was happening. He was like, "Holy shit, I'm with the Beatles, man!" <laughs> and as yeah. George said, "Yeah, do we sound like them? No, because this is us now." And I think that's the most important thing to remember. This is the Beatles at that time. Not terribly long. Is it, has it been longer than the Beatles? Let's see the the length from the song. Now is it as far as it went away? When the we're Beatles we're broke halfway up? from the, like you know they broke up fifty one years ago. That was twenty five yeah. years ago. So that's so we're know, getting we're the there, halfway right? point. So it was yeah. just a good. It, it was a good comeback for them, or just a good reminder of how great they are. But let's let's talk about the deep dive. There's a, there's a, some couple fun things in here. That George didn't like the song initially. I talked about that, but he also said, <laughs> "I think John lost his ability to write songs a long time ago." It's like, oh God, George. George, George Harrison said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
initially he didn't care for it. Oh, oh my God. That's me right. scratching my beard in the microphone. <laughs> oh, boy. That made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting for me. Like, there was, there, uh, like, none of my sources reference this song. Right. It, you know, because again, you'll, it's you'll sort of, it. sort of, you know, out of the canon, as they yeah. say. Well, uh, I got stuff. Yeah, that's cool. So I, yeah, I, yeah. Um, go ahead. No, it's good. George had to be convinced to do it. Like he wasn't into it at all. Right. And the, the director said, you know what? Let Neil and I show you some of this footage. And so George shows up, and you can see it in the anthology. There's like, a, and he he sees what they're doing, and this is his quote. He's like, "I want somebody like you too to watch this, because then they'd know what a famous band was really like." <laughs> I love George that. said that too. George said that. Damn, yeah. George, George is a bitter old man himself. at that point. He's like, "Listen, dude, I'm the one with the last number. I'm what the number one hit." <laughs> uh, originally part of a musical that John was writing about his life. That's kind of where these, I, I brought that up. Yeah, it, it, I, I didn't know that. That's I cool. think that's kind of interesting. Um, there were four songs on this tape. It came out, there's, there's a little info that we got when the anthology came out, and now there's kind of new info that has come out about it, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit in the deep dive here. Okay. Um, but on this was Free as a Bird, Grow Old With Me. That was a song that we knew about. Uh, grow old with me. I think it's on the Milk and Honey record, maybe. Oh, is it? Maybe, okay. Like an I think so. Uh, now and then is another song, and Real Love. Real Love is interesting because it was released on the Imagine soundtrack, the movie that was about John's life. So Beatles fans, we knew Real Love. I know that song really well from that movie and that soundtrack. Right. They just added the Beatles to it. Not as exciting. None of the Beatles thought that was as good as this it was, experience. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although um, I, I love was, that song. Too. I do too. Yeah. One of his best songs. Great written song. Uh, this was remixed and remastered for the One Plus. That's what I sent you, Jay. For the One Plus, uh, where they took all the videos from their songs. So they did Free as a Bird and they remixed it. And in the remix, Paul's voice is louder. So he's not ghosting John's voice in the verse. It's John and Paul singing it together, which I think is really cool because you can't really tell. Right. You know, I never heard this remix until I sent it to you last night. So I was headphones like, oh, my God, I hear him in there. Yeah, it sounds way different. It's cool. It's so cool. George's, the bridge is different. So mm -hmm. that's something we didn't talk about. Uh, John had whatever happened to the love, the life that we once knew. It's kind of, kind of a lot. And then he was like, and he kind of blot his way through it. So... Paul and, and George write bridges, and they wanted to outdo each other. Did you read that? And that's why I did. there are that's two great. in there, and I think that's cool. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, a lot of Beatles songs with two bridges, so it's you know correct. it's, it's so got cool. some classic Beatles stuff. You know, it, the cool it coda. Does. Yeah, it, oh, yeah, great coda. We'll get to that. Uh, George's bridge is different in the in the remix. He says, "It is happened to <laughs> the love that we once knew yeah. always made me feel." He doesn't so, sound as good on the new one. Like his voice doesn't. sounds different. Like I almost, I almost felt like, did, did he record that later? Because <clears throat> when I listened to the original this morning, yeah. I was like, first, I was like, damn. Yeah. I mean, George's he voice sounds, sounds so, so good great. in that part. But he didn't sound and quite then, as good. I thought he sounds That's like old opinion. George. He does. Yeah, no, I'm with yeah. you. He sounds like old George. Yeah. Best part of the song for me is that <clears throat> guitar solo part. I mean, I gotta oh talk about that God. for a second. That, like musically, like, that musically, it's the, the best part of. The, oh, yeah. and you know that's the part they wrote together, right? That's yeah. what's cool. That's the part that Jeff Lynn. I'm gonna say it because he had to have that. Jeff, Paul, George, and Ringo wrote together. It's magical, it, and it does sound like ELO, but I don't effing care. It's so cool. Yeah, it and takes George off is, at that point. It's oh. the highlight of the song. The high point of the song. Mm, it's so cool. Mm. And then we get to the second best part, which is the... <laughs> now, my whole life, and since this song, and it was because the director, uh, and I, do I have his name? Yeah, Joe Pitka is the director mm -hmm. of the video. Mm -hmm. Joe kind of made a little mistake because he didn't think that was George playing the ukulele. And so George wanted to be in the video at the end to be the guy that said, when you hear the backwards John, 
which that's backwards, and it came out sounding like my name is John Lennon, which is yeah, so what cool. Is, turned well, out nice the, again. On the sec, turned out nice again, and you can hear that on the remix. They yeah, they, they reversed it. it. It's, yeah, which is even cooler. Turned out nice again, which is what oh. George Formby said to end his performances. That was his. That and was so his line. That's why the ukulele was added in, correct? And yeah. so. They wanted to have a George Formby guy at the end, and the director assumed he didn't know George played the ukulele and told George, no, I don't want any of the Beatles in this video. And evidently George was kind of like, hurt. Aw. Aw, he'll be all right, though. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was cool, though. But that is George. So the story always came that, no, that was not George playing the ukulele on the end of the song, that it was it was like a loop that they had pulled all of the old school Beatles. Oh. That that was always kind of the story that was out, but no, in fact, it was it was George playing it. So cool. And I think that was because of the director's little miscommunique, if you will. <laughs> playing it live, it is not easy to play this song live. Have we ever done it? To an audience, I think we've. We all- have done it to an audience. I think we've three times, if I'm counting correctly. Wow. We all, okay. We only, I only, we only remember recorded. Yeah, we do it a lot at Soundcheck. It's a it's a great song. <laughs> I play a twelve string on it. I think it kind of adds to it a little bit. You play the slide on your Rocky. Yeah, I've stopped playing slide. I can't play slide. I'm. I'm slide. slide is- uh, I'm slide challenged. George's slide technique is ridiculous. Oh, by the way, for you guitar not, players out there, it's not even cool. He's. Playing a Fender Strat regular, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. You got The most important part is just <laughs> hardest part is the singing. The harmonies are really hard. Oh my John's god, lazy. And, yeah, and then like during the solo, those. I mean, it's like because through classic the so- Beatle <laughs> harmonies. Ah. Oh, Ringo's in there even. So good. Ah. Ooh, I, I remember had, buying this. I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, get, I have one thing I want to make sure I, I forgot. Please. So, written around the time John got his green card, awesome. which was a big Reason deal. A bird. Yeah. And also, his EMI contract had run out. So, that's part of why maybe he was feeling Everything. free as a bird. Although, isn't it interesting? It's this, this song is almost like we can work it out, where Paul's kind of positive in the bridge. John. I love that. I was yeah. going to talk about his bridge. Yeah, I. It's because the first line was whatever happened to the life that we once knew, and that's all he had. So Paul makes this decision to be like, yeah, I'm going to be Paul. And it, whatever happened to the life that we once knew, can we really live without each other? Hey, where did we lose the touch? <laughs> this seemed to mean so much. Oh my God! It's like. Yeah. And George's bridge is slightly different. That's the best part. Yeah, it's half as long, and then he get, does that <sighs> wicked And then he's solo. like, here's the rest of my bridge. <laughs> oh. So I do. I mean, I, I, I have a lot. I'm going to show you one thing here, Jay. Like, so this, as I mentioned, was like my connection to my dad. We, I mean, every day we talked for like a month just about that video and about That's the so song. so cool. So that was December 95, and my dad passed away in March of 96. So, I mean, this is, oh, like, wow. tied to that. And so, like, the other anthologies would come out, and it'd just be like, I mean, it didn't help with depression. you just like, mm. So, totally. like, every time a bit of the anthology would come out, it just was like this hole got bigger. Um, and a family friend of mine had these all made for my brother. This is how much this song means to me, and that's why I show you this. So this is my dad taking, like, four months before he even got sick, right? He's got the long hair. And we just thought, there's the John Lennon photo that was taken like right before he was shot. And right. it just says, free as a bird on it. And my brothers and I, I mean, I still, this hangs up in my office here. Wow. This song, I mean, I have c- complete and total like attachment to it. So my my rating is going to be way high on it. Um, <laughs> it. It's just, it it makes me, this is, for me, if I was requesting a Beatles song at one of our shows, this it would be this song with a whole story about my dad and I every day calling each other and you know, like when I watch it with Kieran now and I'm like, okay, do you see that you see the legs going up there? That's she came in through the bath. Oh, and there's the newspaper tag. It's just it's tough, man. It's like this is the song. Right. Even more than like Let It Be, which we, you know, because before that, the reason I love Paul McCartney so much, for my graduation, my dad took me to see Paul. 
And we, we never knew each other's favorite Beatles song. We just didn't do that. Right, right. right. And he just leans over to me at that concert where you were. We were together, didn't even know each other. He's like, Bill, this one's my favorite. And it was Let It Be. And it was like, oh, my God, I didn't know. And then we, like, held arms and sang Let It Be. And then, and then this song happened, and it just it elevated that. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. This is why people love the Beatles, I think. This is why I do. It just, it's like a listening to it and watching that video again. Man. Yeah, so cool. Like a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> what a sucker I am. I'm such a, I'm such a softy. I love it. My I love it. My daughter graduates from high school, and uh, I got to get her a concert present. She, she won't listen to this. I'm going to get her a concert present like my dad did. Oh, nice. Yeah. Who's the modern day Paul McCartney? Harry Styles, baby. Oh, yeah. oh sure. Yeah. 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 So, Jay, it's time. We, we, we went long on this. This is almost an hour-long episode for us, but this one deserved a little extra credit because it's a Threedle song, and I know some of you probably don't like this song. So we wanted to make you, yeah. you know, appreciate yeah. it a little bit more. And so hopefully we did it. If not, no big deal. Right. Let's rate this one, Jay. I'll start on this one. I never start. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 for trying. It brought the Beatles back together in my eyes. It was a reunion of the Beatles. Everything about it hits the right note for me. In 1995, I couldn't have given two shits that it sounded like an ELO song. It didn't. It sounded like a Beatles song to me. And it was like, that's, if that's all they had and that's what they could do, then thank you for doing it. Thank you, Jeff Lynn, for spending 85 hours separating that stuff the best that you could. Thank you for doing that and not waiting another 10 years for Pro Tools to get better where you could have just slipped it in and it would have... Right. I mean, I am. I'm, I'm genuinely appreciative that that guy did this because I think it's, it's so cool. For me, you got to know this one, Free as a Bird, 10 out of 10. Jay, give us an actual rating of this one. I'm, I'm going 9-2. I'm oh, going 9-2. Very good. Yeah, Talk to I, me. I, I love this song. It's... Um, it... Yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's an outlier. It, it's an interesting way that they did it. Thank goodness that they did it. Um, the freaking slide solo, mm. so badass. But there's so many cool things about it. And again, like watching the, watching that video today, I was oh. like, I had chills just watching it. And I remember, like, I remember being, cause I, like, I had really started diving into like the minutia of the Beatles like about a year before the anthology came out. And so like mm. I remember hearing um, uh, That Means a Lot. Like that was yeah. a new Beatles song to me because I'd right. never heard it before, you know. Right. Because I have, I have a friend who had like before the anthology, like there were all these bootlegs. And so I would go to his house with like a stack of cassettes because he wouldn't let these CDs out of his house wisely. But so I would just sit there and record all of them. And so I had all this stuff, you know, um, that's and now the quality the, would have been crap. And that's the important it was, thing to It was okay, but it wasn't right. like the anthology where they actually where dealt they with it correctly. It yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I th- yeah. Yeah. It's cool. But it yeah. Was, this, it was an awesome time. It yeah. was an, and they haven't released the anthology again. It's not available digitally. Can't really watch it on YouTube. Right. So if you haven't seen it or don't own it on DVD, I mean, you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and that sucks for you, man. It's, but here's the positive thing. And there are things with the anthology criticism that, I mean, we can get in. When will we talk about the anthology again? And they talk about how the early, when they get get into the early stuff, the origin story of the Beatles, it's killer. When they get to Beatlemania, it's like the best stuff. And they get to Sgt. Pepper, oh my gosh. Then they get to the White Album and Let It Be and Magical Mystery Tour and Abbey Road. And you're like, wait, that was the last episode? You know what I mean? It was like they jammed all the, for me, the best stuff. They kind of just went, "Mm," right, right. Because they didn't want images of them being crappy to each other. Um. But we get this Peter Jackson movie that's going to come out that they'll, they'll polish it all up. They'll never have fought a day in their life. The only thing they ever did was they didn't do drugs. They just did peace and love, baby. That's cool. I, right? You've used this term a lot with Paul, and I love it, revisionist history that Paul has about how he, how he remembers things now. And, you know, I suppose yeah. we all do that. But So it, it will be interesting to see how, uh, how different this is compared to the, the movie from... 50 years ago. So. Well, I think it's, I think the documentary, like I, the anthology for me was always like the high watermark because I think everything before it was like, mm, like sure. even Imagine, Imagine's like a, 
I mean, it is a propaganda yeah. piece a little bit. It's like, okay, we're we just not going to talk about the shitty things John did. We're just going to talk about how amazing he was. And okay, right. that's cool. <clears throat> I, I did. I bought it hook, line, and sinker, right? I mean, you'd read books like, no, John didn't do that. They didn't mention that in Imagine. <laughs> But then this came out, I mean, and like George was. I mean, you could say, oh, George doesn't really want to be here. And Paul is, oh, everything's positive, you know. Uh, and Ringo was the best part, to be honest with you. I thought Ringo was so great. And George Martin, all the stuff he gives. Yeah. Man, it was a cool time. And then to have, like, on top of it, this little cherry of a new song. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's hey, good. man, we had a Beatle moment together, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It was the first Beatles song we could talk about that came out while we were, you know, right. conscious. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah. It's one it of is. my favorites, bud. I'm glad I'm glad we could have this therapy session together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, that was our extra long double bonus episode of Free as a Bird. We peeled back all those layers. I gave it a 10, Jay gave it a 9 too. If you're going to play it live, an acoustic version is something to consider. Unless you're loaded with like six background singers, which luckily enough we are. But man, it's still not easy. It's a, it's a tough one. Yep. But have fun out there. Hey, we'll be coming back. Is it my pick next? Yeah, you're next. Mm, I was thinking about great George guitar solos, Jay. And th this is why I'm going to pick this next one. Because this one is, for me, one of the, George's best solos. But is one of his best earlies is And I Love Her. Oh, nice. Friday's night record. So right. we'll talk about that one next time. Cool. This was Free as a Bird. I'm Billy McGuigan. That's Jay Hansen. You know where we are. We don't have a sponsor. I'm not even drinking Waterloo today, Jay. I'm trying a new one. Nixie. Nixie. Nixie right sparkling water. Let's see. Mmm. Is it sparkling? Mm, refreshing. It's sparkling. And how's your coffee today? Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Excellent. So if you joined us on your walk, your drive, or you've been listening over this for a while. Hey, thanks for listening. We're out totally. there. You know where we are. We're on Spotify, Apple Muse, Apple Podcasts. We're out there. You gotta find us. <laughs> Just your Uncle Billy and Uncle Jay hanging out talking about Beatles songs, guys. Okay, that was us looking through the glass onion. Until next time. Boom, boom.